Empire. The modern sports fan will financially interact in new ways. On the stablecoin side, I think one thing that's lost on people is that there are actually a lot of stablecoins that are tied to the dollar, um, cryptocurrency versions of the dollar, that people could use for everyday purchases that have significantly lower fees, easier to move around, and so forth. So I think there's, there's opportunities both you know, for cryptocurrency. That's Mark Thomas, CEO of Zen Sports, where cryptocurrency will for them become the new gold of the sports fan's future. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Mark Thomas found a way to simplify all the paperwork that goes into buying a home. So his company, Rezio, was acquired by Realtor.com about five years ago. And now he's turned his attention to his love of sports and how fans will transact business and bets in a modern way with his unique company, Zen Sports. This show is about the future, and we're going to delve really into the future here with our guest CEO, Mark Thomas of Zen Sports, which has created its own cryptocurrency utility token called Sports, where the customers can use for placing bets, earning discounted betting fees, getting cash back, etc. It is a new world. Hi, Mark. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Good. I'm great, Brian. Thanks so much for having me today. Okay, so this is a big idea, right? We've talked to a lot of different people about incorporating fans into betting and all sorts of incarnations of that. You're delving into your own cryptocurrency. So I'd like to start from the beginning, if we can. Why did you want to go this direction? Yeah, so I think one of the interesting things that is overlooked within the gaming space in general, uh, not just in sports betting, but in gaming and any kind of betting or gambling product, is actually how painful uh, funding and uh, the actual funding mechanisms, both for getting money in and getting money out, really is. And and if you look at traditional financial financial institutions, um, you know if you try to like say deposit funds on any kind of betting website or product, most financial institutions don't want to fund those transactions. They look at them just as being too high risk. So you've got Big Brother over here saying, you know, yes, you can or no, you can't do that. And I would say between 40 and 50% of the time, they'll just flat out decline transactions to those types of products. Um, and then you have other issues too on top of it, which is you know extremely high fees, like if you use a credit card or a debit card to be able to fund a betting or wagering account, um, not only are they gonna charge the operator or the casino large fees for that, um, oftentimes they'll charge the customer you know large cash advance fees. Um, there's also long settlement times, both for getting your money in, getting your money out, um, anywhere from one to five days. Uh, and then the last, issue is, and this is more on the operator side, is uh, chargeback fraud. Uh, so if you, you, know, if you place a wager and you lose it and you get upset, you go back and say, oh, I didn't really do that uh, to your bank. And then they refund the money and the operator's left uh, dealing with this. And one of the nice things about cryptocurrencies is it falls for all those pain points. Um, and then specifically with our sports token that we launched, um, it's, it's really acted as this really awesome loyalty and rewards. A token and a cryptocurrency where it really incentivizes people to use uh, the token to stay loyal to Zen Sports uh, in, in, you know, in particular. Um, and it just provides a more fun gamified experience for people. So yeah, there's a lot of benefits to cryptocurrencies within the gaming industry that we're very excited about. So, but the, the big question is, is what is its value? How do you, how do you answer that question? 
So we chose not to make sports tokens a stable coin. Um, and there's a few reasons why. I mean, we can certainly delve into those. But <clears throat> I think at the highest level, uh, trying to create a stable coin is a little bit antithesis to um, the entire you know, gaming and gambling and betting world. Um, and so the fact that it can fluctuate in value actually just adds an element uh, to the gamification piece of it that customers actually like. Um, now, we in particular within Zensports offer um, betting within dollars as well. So if you really are uh, adverse to using a token that can fluctuate in value, we still have options for you. We don't want you to be forced to use something that you don't want. But a lot of people actually find it to be fun to kind of almost have that double gambling aspect where they're both betting on a particular like game or <clears throat> sporting event, as well as the, the possible fluctuation of the token as well. So you can know, okay, so let's say you double down on this and the token goes up in value. I can cash out at that value. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, and that's really, I think, the heart of why cryptocurrencies is better than traditional rewards programs out there. So if you think about traditional rewards programs, you know, you're getting points or maybe you're getting miles or whatever, puka shells or whatever it might happen to be for that particular product or company or brand. And you can't really transfer them, transfer those rewards anywhere and you can't cash them out very easily. The beauty of cryptocurrencies is it provides all those same things that rewards do, like points or whatever, but it also has a cash component, which you can use to cash out those funds or sell them or trade them, or you can choose to hold them long-term as a collectible, uh, like baseball cards. Um, and so I, I think when you really look at the, the financials and the, the mechanics of how cryptocurrencies work, I think this is game-changing how it can really replace traditional uh, loyalty and rewards programs. There's a big question here, like if this is successful in this sports universe, and I'll get to your goals of, of having this kind of be utilized in many different ways, not just for betting, but if you're at a game and, and get food and all of that type of stuff, where you have basically mm -hmm. its own, own marketplace. Do you see this replicated in other industries, in the music world, in, I don't know, a shopping mall? Like, do you do you see this model being going into many different potential bubbles? Yeah, and I think there's two different ways to look at that. One is the way we've set it up as uh, for our sports tokens as loyalty and rewards. Um, and then secondly, stable coins that can actually be used to replace the dollar, cryptocurrency versions of the dollar um, that are a lot cheaper, better, faster than traditional dollars. So on the loyalty and reward side, you know, you could use this to get discounts um, or earn rewards and be able to purchase more music. Or uh, if you, it can replace airline miles, right? I mean, instead of getting miles, you know, you're getting tokens, um, which can then be redeemed for miles or it can be redeemed for other merchandise or it can be cashed out um, and has a cash component to it. And then on the stable coin side, I think one thing that's lost on people is that there are actually a lot of stable coins that are tied to the dollar, um, cryptocurrency versions of the dollar that people could use for everyday purchases that have significantly lower fees, easier to move around and so forth. So I think there's, there's opportunities both, you know, for cryptocurrency, you know, uh, stable coin versions of the dollar that can be used for maybe traditional everyday purchases and then fluctuating tokens or cryptocurrencies that can be used for rewards and other perks and promotions. I mean, it is interesting when you bring up miles, because I guess everybody's so accustomed to accruing them when when we did travel and getting them and using them and then finding that there's other ways to utilize them. I mean, I collect points for a hotel chain through a credit card. I don't have to get hotels with it anymore. I can buy all sorts of things with it. So I guess I guess I've already been in cryptocurrency. I just didn't even really know it. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that people have been transacting in non dollars for a long time for a lot of different products, right? And all the cryptocurrencies do is digitize that and make it easier to move that around between different mediums, um, as well as, you know, like I mentioned, you know, have a cash component that can be, that can be cashed out a lot more easily. And by the way, it comes with much lower fees, uh, almost instant transaction time. So I could send you, you know, cryptocurrencies, you receive it in seconds, maybe minutes at most. Um, whereas if I pay you something via, I don't know, credit card, it's going to take one, two, three business days to settle. Um, and so this really, in my opinion, is the future of both money and rewards simply because of all the benefits that it brings. Um, all right. This is going to be a really naive question, but I would think a lot of people listening also don't know the answer to this. How do I make my own cryptocurrency? How did you do that? So it, it, it requ- it's technology, right? So it, it requires software development. Um, so maybe a little setback here that all cryptocurrencies run on what's called a decentralized ledger, which is also known as a blockchain. And essentially what the blockchain is, is a way to either move money around or, or, or even contracts, it could be like a real estate contract, without an actual person or third party or centralized figure getting in the middle of that transaction. So if you think, one again, the credit card example, if I send you funds via credit card or if I send you funds uh, via ACH or Zelle, there's a third party in the middle of that transaction, i.e. a bank, that is moving the money actually from one account to another. With cryptocurrencies, it's all automated, which basically means there's no actual third party human being or company in the middle of a transaction. It's all run automatically uh, online uh, via a what's called decentralized ledger, uh, again, blockchain, where it will automatically via uh, code and, and software code move, in this case, if it's cryptocurrencies, money around. Um, and so what you need is you need basically software engineers that can create a contract, a smart contract that says, hey, if this person sends this money over to this, this is what you should do. And so Bitcoin is an example of a, of a blockchain protocol with smart contracts that allow you to move money. Uh, there's many, many, many others. So essentially, if you want to create your own cryptocurrency token, uh, you need a software engineer that can basically uh, code, uh, you know, do you know, code in blockchain uh, in different uh, blockchain coding languages uh, to create whatever cryptocurrencies with whatever set of rules you want it to be. How do you protect the value of it? Because in the end, um, if it is worthless, um, then what happens? So it's in your best interest to ensure that, yes, it's going to fluctuate, but not in a disastrous way. How do you, how do you go about that? Sure. I, I mean, so they're good question. I mean, so from a trading perspective, like buying and selling and trading, you know, cryptocurrency tokens, there's a lot of different exchanges where you can do that. Um, so you know, Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, um, there's actually well over, I think, 150 trading exchanges out there that you can trade on it. Usually the uh, the creator or the founder of the cryptocurrency token will actually do what's called market making, uh, which means that they will uh, step in and fill up the order book so that you don't just have this kind of wasteland or ghost town of no orders or no transactions happening. And through that market making, um, and this is just, again, the same as like, you know, uh, if you look at stock exchanges or anything else, those market makers can do things like support the price. Um, you know, or provide liquidity, you know, if there's high demand to buy it, right? Now, if you look at something like Bitcoin, there is no market making because it was created a long time ago uh, by Satoshi and then it was just left out in the open decentralized network. 
<clears throat> with nobody, quote unquote, running it. In that case, um, you know, the, the community has to support it. And so a lot of decentralized projects or cryptocurrencies, it truly is 100% community supported by, um, by the community that's passionate about that. So at the end of the day, you know, if, if you want to support, you know, a particular project in a particular cryptocurrency, it's incumbent upon the community to do so. Okay, so you're trying to build this community with Zen Sports. Um, what does this community want that will maintain this cryptocurrency to have the marketplace that you're discussing? So they want a faster, cheaper, easier way to transact, as I kind of mentioned before. Um, they don't want their banks saying, no, you can't bet on sports just because they find it to be unsavory. Um, you know, it's their money, their funds. They want to be able to do what, what they want. Um, and they want to be rewarded for their play. A lot of traditional sports bookmakers don't really provide any kind of rewards programs or loyalty programs. They may provide like sign-up bonuses or things like that to get new customers in, but they don't, they don't reward you for betting with one company versus leaving going to another. And so whereas with sports tokens, we reward our customers for their play um, so they can earn, for example, sports tokens by reaching certain betting volume thresholds, by referring their friends, um, by uh, staking, which basically means leaving their money uh, in Zen Sports um, versus withdrawing it. So uh, they can also participate in different contests and promotions and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there's, I, I think when you really boil it down to the customers want choice, they want freedom to do what they want. And then they also want to be rewarded um, for, for choosing your brand over someone else's. So are you trying to work specifically with teams or leagues or are you trying to build kind of an, an overarching this is where sports fans go to interact with one another in this way. Um, we're eventually definitely going to start kind of talking to teams and leads about integrating our uh, payments API. We actually have uh, basically code and APIs built around not just our sports token, but also around stable coins and around Bitcoin. Um, we're actually in talks right now with some very large you know, enterprise businesses and uh, potential leagues and teams about taking our cryptocurrency payment solution and integrating into their payments and rewards program to basically offer a better payments and rewards program than what they currently offer. Yeah. Um, which has all the benefits of what I've mentioned before. So yes, that kind of, and that speaks to like what our eventual plans are, which is to really have a full end to end ecosystem within the sports entertainment media industries of uh, cryptocurrencies, both for paying, uh, for goods and services, as well as for earning reward. It is the hard part for that, getting the other vendors, merchandise makers, uh, food and beverage um, distributors, to be on board with this style of payment for their services? Is there a difficulty there bringing them in? Well, I don't think it's so much difficult. It's just, you know, a bit of an education process. Um, you know, clearly, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies are quite new. And um, even though they've been, even though Bitcoin's been around for about 11 years now, um, I'd say it's just really in the last two or three years that people are starting to understand what it can do. And, and the way we frame it is really um, from a cost savings perspective. So if credit card companies are charging you to process credit card payments, um, cryptocurrencies can charge you a fraction of that. Um, in some cases, fractions of a penny or a few pennies. And so when, you know, large businesses look at all the money that they can save by switching over to cryptocurrencies, and by the way, they can get their money a lot faster because the settlement times are less, and there are no chargebacks, 
you know, it's interesting. You'd be surprised the conversation um, actually goes pretty smoothly. Um, of course, it takes time to eventually, you know, fully buy into it. But uh, the conversations we're having uh, with some big, big name brands, I think, are going very well. And I, I think they're recognizing that there shouldn't be this middleman getting in between two parties that are trying to transact legal, legally and lawfully. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And, um, and so, you know, banks and financial institutions, in my opinion, I think are, are really going to face some, some headwinds over the next five to 10 years as cryptocurrencies replace a lot of the services that they traditionally offer. Yeah. I mean, I, I could just see though, the, you know, the, the group that makes the Jersey wants to sell it to the fan who's in this group and they're charging $85 or whatever it is to buy an official jersey of that team. And then you go back to them and say, well, we're going to give you this amount of coins. And I can just see them saying back to you, is that $85? And yeah, so that's where the that's where the stable coins come in. So yeah. there, as I mentioned before, there's actually cryptocurrencies that are tied paid to the dollar. So it's, it's if I give you one uh, what's basically called there's a one one stable coin is called like tether, which is it's tethered to the dollar. If I give you one tether, you could cash that out at any exchange for the equivalent of one dollar and have it sent to your bank account. So <clears throat> from the perspective of of that, I think it's and that's why I kind of hesitate when people say cryptocurrencies are synonymous with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, in my opinion, is much closer to like gold, right? Where gold can fluctuate up and down in value, Bitcoin can certainly do so as well. It's more of a store of value, whereas stable coins are actually, they're just basically electronic versions of the dollar. In fact, there's even talks now of, of uh, I mean, I think Congress has kind of floated the idea of creating a, a digitalized version of the dollar, you know, to, to cut down on obviously paper and other printing and other costs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and replacing some of the archaic, systems in the banking world like ACH and SWIFT and wire transfers, which are just totally outdated. Um, this gets rid of all that and still gives you the preservation of the value tied to the dollar. Yeah. Uh, at some point, though, and this is just kind of a bigger question for you, do you think there needs to be some mainstreamed cryptocurrencies or is it okay if there are a bazillion different versions of it that are out there in the ecosystem? So I think, again, it'll be it'll be broken into two groups. So these stable coins and then there'll be like rewards or other types of coins and tokens for stable coins right now there's i don't know there's let's say half a dozen of them out there uh yeah i think they can all be offered and accepted and because um you know sending funds via cryptocurrencies is easy as scanning a qr code you know think of if you go into a bakery and you know they've got their little uh you know point of sale terminal there you know a lot of small businesses already have switched over to things like square uh or stripe or whatever it might be for their point of sale purchases um it literally would be you pulling out your phone, scanning the QR code on the point of sale thing, just like you do if you're at Starbucks using your Starbucks rewards card, uh, you know, app on your phone, right? Um, same exact concept. You just scan the thing, and boom, it sends the funds easily. You, as a customer, can choose which coin you want to use, and then the merchant's automatically going to get their dollars. And then they can, instead of giving you Starbucks points, they can give you Starbucks tokens, um, which you can use separately, like a separate wallet, to then earn rewards by you know, copy or get discounts on that or just flat out sell for cash if you want. It's really interesting. Um, it feel, I, To you, it's probably not complicated. To me, it still feels complicated, which I guess is probably where you run yeah. into a lot of this. Yeah. Well, but here's the interesting thing. I'd say up until about 15 years ago, almost nobody paid with credit card, right? Right. Very few merchants accepted cards. And then once a few did, then everybody did because they recognized how convenient it was for customers to be able to do so. They didn't want to lose the business. I think the same thing is going to happen here, especially 
when the merchants can recognize the huge cost savings instead of paying 3%, they can basically pay a few pennies yeah. and get the, and get their dollars. The last thing on, on the gambling part of it, um, are, are you all opening your own betting platform or are you working with already established um, bookmaking sites? We already have our own betting platform. Uh, we're operating in uh, several countries outside the United States right now. Yeah. We're currently working on getting um, licenses within the U.S. There's 25 states that have legalized sports betting in the last two and a half years. Um, and so we're currently going through the license application process for several of those states. And uh, we do already have our own betting platform, which has our cryptocurrencies uh, tied already within it. All right. It's really cool. And it's really interesting. Uh, Mark Thomas, the CEO of Zen Sports. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brian, for having me. Appreciate your time. On the next Future Sport Podcast, all ideas are good ones for Meredith McFerrin, CEO and managing partner of Drive by DraftKings. And I actually think this interactivity and full integration of experiences is what we're seeing that is so exciting, right? Interactivity is huge. People want to be involved. They want to be doing more, not just passively watching. She'll discuss how a venture arm aligned with a daily fantasy platform merges venture capital and new technology to build the next DraftKings of the sports economy. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.